0: Friends, we hope you enjoy this sermon from St. Jude O'Cliff. And if nobody has told you today that they love you, we do. But more importantly, God does. From Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And then from John 1, verses 10 through 14. He was in the world. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thanks Carter, and, and so on this last Sunday of um, 2023, I thought we'd have a couple breakfast donuts. We're going to go to a bakery called the Mattering Bakery, and we're going to have a couple of Mattering donuts. Two little things. I'm going to talk for about five minutes or eight minutes with each donut. If after one donut you really like it and don't want any more, that's fine. Then you can just kind of play with your phone or whatever for the next donut. But, but I thought, you know, at the end of the year you want to have something that makes sense. So these are two post-Christmas gifts. Number one is of. That's the the first donut, and the second donut is the stable tent. But we're going to look at the stable tent donut first, okay? That's why I'm calling it that. I know it's a strange name for the donut, but um, I want you to be nourished by these things. And it's all about mattering, and so let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the intentions of all of our hearts and minds together be pleasing and acceptable to you, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. I use the word mattering a lot, NICA does too. And mattering is very important. And for you kids that are here, like, what is mattering? You know when you look in the mirror and you know, like, you're really good, like you're awesome, you look so cool, you you have your superpowers and you know you're important? That's what mattering is. Mattering is the sense of being important. And um, mental health leaders, educators, people that, um, spiritual directors, You know, high-end business coaches, wise, wise old people, wise young people, they all say that mattering is a durable marker for long-term health of a human being. If you want to be healthy on the inside, you have to know that you matter. And one of the things, and so matter means I'm important, but one of the things that makes mattering so challenging is that mattering is a social reality. Mattering always involves you and other people, you and the world, you and God, or whatever you believe to be in the cosmos. And so one of the most important things to us individually isn't just inside of us, it also involves other people, which makes it vulnerable. Does that make sense? And little kids, they don't feel that, they just know they matter. But what happens as we get older, when people say, ooh, you're weird or you're strange, we begin to realize maybe I don't matter. Or we look at ourselves in the mirror and think, well, maybe I'm—I I don't like what I—I I don't like me very much." And so we begin—we can begin to question this mattering, and we try to recover it somehow. But where does it come from? How does it get stabilized? How do we hang on to it? I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So we're going to walk into our little cafe, and we're going to have our first donut. This is the stable tent donut, and it's cooked by Saint Athanasius right here. So I'm going to—if you could give that picture up there for. Okay, see that guy up there? That's Saint Athanasius. He's a really smart guy. He lived three hundred years after Jesus. He's the one that helped write the Nicene Creed. If you, I know he has kind of like Jim Carrey, um, Jim Carrey, Scrooge. I mean, uh, uh, um, the Grinch kind of wrinkles, you know. But that's not, that's only to make him look older. And the reason I like this picture of Saint Athanasius up there is that he's from he's from Cairo, Egypt. He's Egyptian. He's a black man and one of the earliest leaders of the church of great importance to us is the black saint, Saint Athanasius. He wrote a little book called On the Incarnation, which means the birth of God. And in this book, he delves into the philosophical reasons of why the birth of Jesus stabilized human mattering. We just read in the King James Version that and the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, that means the creative word, that which caused the cosmos to come into order, that's the Christian belief, that Jesus is the voice that said, let there be light. That very word of creation became part of creation. Does that make sense? Became born. And so what St. What, what Athanasius did, on the incarnation, he's... This event of Jesus becoming flesh, of God becoming flesh, if the eternal mixes with the mortal, if the incorruptible mixes with the corruptible, it can't be undone. You know when you make chocolate milk, so even if you're dairy free, you get the dark blue Oatly, you don't get the light blue Oatly, no one gets that. You get the dark blue Oatly because it has the most fat in it and it tastes better and it's the same price, which is, I'm so cheap, but why would you pay more for something that tastes less? So anyway, get the dark blue oatly, or get your milk. Okay, and and then you get the really good, um, Trader Joe's actually has really good chocolate syrup. If you pour the chocolate syrup, let's say that's Jesus, and you pour it into the milk and you stir it, once those two things are mixed, you can't unmix them. Doesn't that make sense? Once the, so if God is like the chocolate syrup, and we're like the Oatly, when those two things become mixed, if the corruptible, which is the milk, and the incorruptible mix, what happens when they're mixed? Can that be undone? No. And so what St. Athanasius said, he said that birth of Jesus, the incarnation, actually says that human life matters and is no longer corruptible. Well, how did he say that? He says this, For the nature of created things, having come into being from nothing is unstable and weak. We die, we get old. We, we, we get our Achilles blown out. We get our Morton's deroma blown out on our foot. Well, I don't know what your pastor's and our foot problems, but that's, okay. So, so creation is coming to being from nothing is unstable and weak and mortal when considered by itself and is in a state of flux and dissolution. Oh, he's using language of Genesis 1, the tohu wabohu, you know, the haggle and mackle, all that stuff, you know, like the waist and wheel, like creation, everything is unstable and, and weak. Creation is that way. and It is a state of flux and dissolution. Therefore, to prevent this happening and the universe dissolving back into nothing, God did not abandon it, that's all creation, to be carried away and suffer through its own nature lest it run the risk of turning into nothing, a relapse into non-existence. If it were not protected, by the word becoming flesh. Ah, there's the chocolate going into the oatly. And so, right there. So what St. What Athanasius is saying is that it's not just the death of Jesus that changes the world. The birth of Jesus actually says the incorruptible God became part of creation and that can never be unmixed. So you matter. Your mattering cannot go away. It can't dissolve. And the early church understood this because I want to show you a piece of art that actually shows this, okay? Um, This is the next slide. This is a great old picture of the nativity scene. So, if you guys can see this, this is baby Jesus down here in the middle, of course. That's Mary, who's always in red. That's Papa Joe right here. Okay, over there to, um, to the upper right... Those are the apostles. And if you look to the upper left over there, you'll see two guys carrying containers. That's frankincense and myrrh. And you'll see another guy in the corner where it looks like he's carrying a piece of what? A gold. That's right, Robin. So those are the three wise men. And what they're doing is that, that the apostles and all the earth, and if you look at this picture, it looks like what kind of, are they in a grave or are they in a cave? Doesn't it look that way? What is that? What are they inside of? It's all on purpose. Because I want you to see something down here. This lady right here, this is Mary of Magdalene. And what she's holding in her hand is a little tiny tomb. The tomb where Jesus was. And that tomb is shaped like what? The place where Jesus lay. And the tomb is really small. And most Western Christians will say, oh, well, this is about Jesus becoming, he's eventually going to be uh, uh, go to the cross and die and rise again. No, that's not what this is talking about at all. What they are saying from the very beginning, this birthplace is also like an entombment, like mortality. And because Jesus was born and the chocolate milk mixed with the chocolate syrup mixed with the milk, it can't be undone. And now that which is incorruptible has become partly of the corruptible and now it's not going to go away. They're mixed. Do you see what they're saying there? They're saying the incarnation, Christmas, is part of our saving. Christmas shows us that, that we're, we have hope that the incorruptible has been mixed with the corruptible and it's not going to go away. That's what they're talking It's all about mattering. So early on, these old guys and gals were so smart, they thought about these cosmic issues. Like, oh, you think this is all about forgiveness? Oh, no. He says. It's, it's not just about forgiveness. It's about, why do we matter? We want to matter. We matter because our mattering comes from God and is, is kept by God. So, in other words, our human bodies, our matterings are like tents. Molly, our youngest, um, when we lived in Santa Fe, we had a three-bedroom house with five kids. So um, me being a very, um, well, we bought our tent to live in because she didn't have her own bedroom. So she actually, she's here this morning. She, she'll verify this. She lived in a pink tent in the living room for a couple years, while we added a bedroom. That took us about eight years to build, because we tried to get some guy that we wanted to help build it, but then he, he took our money, and he walked off, and that didn't help. So it took a long time. So Molly kept, I don't know, we were like 18, d he still lived in the tent, honey? How, you know, eventually. But she had this little pink tent, and literally, like, we had this huge house, like a, a huge house for three bedrooms. I know, it's weird. But then we... So she lived in a very unstable tent. And I think our sense of, but it was a beautiful tent. I think all of us feel like our bodies or are, are our mattering is like this tent and tents can be very delicate, right? Our mattering is like that tent and what if that tent can be stabilized? What does that do to us? It makes me feel like I'm gonna last. I think our mattering is like that tent. And so when the word became flesh and tented among us, That's what the Bible is saying. That tent came over our tent, and now that we matter, it's stable. It's stable. Because one of the things we we worry about is things change so much. How, How am I stabilized? Well, this first donut is simply, you got a stable tent because of not what Jesus did on the cross. It's what he did when he was born. Why wait? That's the gift. The chocolate syrup from heaven mixed with the milk down here, and we are good. It can't be unmixed. It can't be unmixed. The incorruptible mixed with that which is corruptible, and it can't be unmixed. And this is how smart these guys and gals were way back then, okay? All right, well, here's the next donut. It's the of donut. Okay, this is a little more Protestant for us. You know, uh, there's a text, when when Carter read the text so good, he read Galatians 2, he said, um, the life I live, I live by faith of the Son of God. Of, not in, of. Now, that's not Carter, that's not St. Paul, that's actually T.F. Torrance. Um, I love this guy. He's a scientist, he's a physicist, he is a theologian, he won awards in physics, and is well known for his physics, He's well-known for his theology, and the science community and the religious community don't know what to do with him because he, he, he kind of ticks off both of them. Because he says science and religion go together. They're, and I agree with him. They go together. They're compatible. Why make them fight? They're friends. And he's really, really smart. He was also a missionary to China. He's educated. He's kind. He was a chaplain in World War II. And... He often talked about, instead of just having faith in Christ, that we need to rest in the faith of Christ. So if Jesus was born, and he stabilizes our tent, let's let's not just have faith in him. Let's rest upon his faithfulness. Like, What does that mean, Mark? Resting upon his faithfulness. It means participating in what he's done. It's the difference between hanging on to something and letting someone hang on to you. God hangs on to us in Christ. When Jesus was born, God says, I will never let humanity go. I got you. All of you are in me, in my son. I got you. So just, if I've got you, Rest in the fact that I've got you. And this is how T.F. Torrance put it. He's talking about Galatians 2 here, the the text that that Carter wrote, uh, read. He says, not wrote. Did you write that, Carter? You didn't write that. Okay, okay. All right, Galatians 2. The gospel announces to me that in Jesus Christ, God has already taken a decision about me. Now that's so different than how some of you heard it. Like, some people say, you need to make your decision for Jesus. Have you all heard that from like pastors and preachers? No, in the incarnation, God has made a decision about you. Why has God made a decision about you? Because He loved the stuff He made so much, He became what He made. That's how God made a decision. I mean, some people are like blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's how they make their decision. God makes His decision by doing it. Isn't that beautiful? because we just talked that was the first little donut you had remember that's the stable tent donut okay so he says the gospel announces to me that in Jesus Christ God has already taken a decision about me the gospel challenges me to appropriate that decision which God has made about me in Christ it challenges me to cast my lot with Christ and to share in the history of Christ who has given himself in sacrifice to be my savior i'm not saved by my after decision According to the New Testament gospel, what saves me is the obedience of Christ. And it is Christ through his spirit who gives me to share in his obedience. Thus my decision rests upon his decision for me. My faith is my reliance on his faithfulness. My faith is in the faithfulness of God. In other words, rest in the fact that God has you and when you let go, God doesn't let go of you. We are saved by the faithfulness of Jesus, of Jesus, not just in. It's not about us. It's about him. Well, I'll put it this way. When, because he was such a, a, a proponent of science and a proponent of talking to Jews and Muslims and befriending all these people, some of the people in his church, which is the Presbyterian Church of Scotland, thought, well, this guy's too weird to be a leader in the church because he loves everybody. What's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong. He's a good guy. But a young pastor came up to him one day and says, "Uh, uh, Dr. Torrance, um, uh, are you saved? And he goes, young man, do you mean am I a Christian? He goes, yes, but are you a saved Christian? He goes, is there any other kind of Christian? And he said, well, are you saved? And he goes, well, uh, yes. And the guy goes, when were you saved? When did you make your decision? Right? You know what he said? He says, young man, I was saved when Jesus was born on Christmas Day. I was saved when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And I was saved on the cross when Jesus said, it is finished. So when was I saved? Oh, a couple thousand years ago. Because my faith is not in when I did anything. My faith is in the faithfulness of God. And the young guy just said, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) At least I hope he said that. But I think, wow, it's so beautiful, isn't it? So beautiful. I know this may be a little, I'm trying to make something very important, not so nerdy, because it's not. God has you, you have faith in God, this is God's faithfulness. You let go, God doesn't let go. God never lets go. That's why everybody had access to Jesus, because God is for everybody. That's why I think it's so funny, like sports teams, when they, I, I, I hope when they're praying before a game, they're praying that everyone stays healthy, but like, like, God, I know you like, I know you like the Dodgers more than Yankees, please play, like, no, he doesn't. Who do we, that's ridiculous. So if you think God does, lo- God loves your team, I'm sorry, he doesn't love your team more. He loves every team more, because he mixed himself, the chocolate syrup mixed with all humanity. Not just some parts of it. Remember? All of it. Because he can't help it. He loves humanity. But, but we have to rely, rely upon the faithfulness of Jesus. Okay, so what's the aha about this? So this is just my last slide here. Kind of. Mart's aha. You think who the, that's actually the band Aha from Norway. Okay, remember? <laughs> All right. Do you remember that one song they had in the 80s, Take on Me? It's a, it was a great song. They actually had like 13 number one hits, but mostly in Europe. And I love the song, Take On Me. And if you're ever wondering, I thought those guys didn't like each other. That was all a ruse. They still toured up to 2017, okay? So that was part of their mystique, like, oh, we don't like each other. We're going to break up all the time. No, they never did. But uh, take on, so this is Mart's AHA, Take On Me. All right. Your mattering is not determined by your family or your social media. Now, it's affected by it. But your mattering is too precious and beautiful to be bound to either one. It's too precious. Your mattering is grounded and stabilized because of the incarnation when the Word became flesh. Your mattering is incorruptible. Incorruptible. So please be attentive. And may all of us put our faith in the faithfulness of Jesus. Okay? It's incorruptible. That's a good donut just to savor. It's incorruptible. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for becoming one of us and mixing your your eternal reality into this temporal stuff and making all this stuff matter, the way we feel it matters. And thanks for making all of our individual Um, selves matter to you. Thank you for being yourself and thanks for loving us so much. We pray in your name. Amen.